Today's Women Rising is all about the EV Foundation. I'm so excited that Nicole Jones is joining me at home this afternoon. Hi, Nicole. Hello. Um, you're incredible. Everybody says it. I'm seeing more and more posts on Facebook, on Instagram, about people thanking you for what you do. And I want to know what you do exactly. I want to know everything about the EV Foundation. First of all, why is it called the EV Foundation? Um, the EV Foundation is called the EV Foundation because when I registered the charity, I had a choice of giving it obviously a name. And I remember thinking if I had to choose a name, what name would I give it? And it's very similar. I always, I always compare it to when you have a child and you have nine months to think about what your child is going to be called. And the EV represents um, a person that was part of the EV Foundation when it wasn't even the EV Foundation, when it was just starting. And um, that person was very close to my heart, very close to the charity's heart. It is all about positivity. It's all about, it's all about representing who this person was and putting all her qualities into the work that we do. So, for example, what we do is everything that she was is everything that we do. All the people we help have those attributes, have those qualities. So um, this person was very special. She was, she was very energetic. My charity is very energetic. Um, she would persevere. That's what I do. Um, she would wake up every day and she would um, face life with her hardships. That is what most people I help do every single day of their lives. Um, she would focus on the good days and that is what the families I help do because if they were to focus on the bad days they would not get out of bed so it's not about what happened to that person but who she was and what attributes and qualities she represented that is who we are that is amazing it's very very special well <laughs> You've left me speechless now. Tell me something. Your charity is um, about families in need, families who don't have very much. Um, this is why you started it. So you you tell me that this 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 person who passed away was part of it before. So how long have you been doing this kind of thing? I've been doing this since 2010, approximately. And why did you start doing this? I started doing this because I used to be a youth worker and I used to come across young people who were in need. And that's how I started realizing. I come, from a, I come from a big family, so I know the needs that one has, especially when you're a teenager. And you have that peer pressure and all your friends have this and you don't. So I never went through anything that these families go through, but I did go through my own financial struggles. I worked from a very young age. I worked from when I was 15. We were a very big family. So um, I remember I used to see young children coming into the club and, um, I always, we, I always say that they had the same look I had at that age. They used to tell the same lies I did. I used to tell them, did you bring your pound for this? Oh no, because I've left it here. Did you bring this? No, because my mother forgot it. I knew, I knew it was all a lie. They didn't have a pound. They couldn't afford, they couldn't a afford it. They couldn't afford a pound. So maybe we would tell them, why haven't you gone home and changed before coming into the club, for example? And they had no clothes. Yeah, or... Or, or they they just found the connection with the club was immediate because they wanted to come to the club to have tea. Because why would they go home if they weren't going to have tea? 
It was pointless. So they would come straight to the club. So I would notice that they were going through things that I myself and many other people did go. And that's when I started um, thinking I need to help these young people. And it, it developed from helping them with the pound for the bacon, from clothes and then from furniture. And when I left youth work, which was 10 years, well, when I left um, in 2013, um, I remember I said, so now what do I do with these families? Do I just say, hi, I'm leaving, bye, good luck to you. And I remember I said, I cannot do this to them. I remember I had like maybe four or five families I was helping continuously. And so I I left and I remember December came up and I, I, th I was thinking, oh, now Christmas is going to come up. What are they going to do? How are they going to survive? No food or gifts. And I put a post in Facebook and that was the first time I used social media and um, I put a post, a very simple post saying, hi, um, could anyone give me some food for, for, I have four, I remember I mentioned, I have just for the, over the Christmas period. And I remember I managed to get like maybe two or three bags per family. And that's how it all started. The, the next time I put a post, which was in our Easter appeal, because I, I, I decided I was going to do two appeals a year, one in Christmas and one in Easter. When Easter came, um, I didn't have four families. I had 12. Wow. wow. When Christmas came the following year, I didn't have 12 families. I had 30. <laughs> and now and let's where, go. Where do you do all this from? Do you have premises? Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I've never had premises. Um, I've actually now myself have an office, but I'm, I'm still not even in it. Um, I, actually, I just went yesterday to see if it was ready. I've never had an office. I've always had another full-time job. So I've done this. On the side? On the side, always voluntary. Um, now I'm actually working for the foundation. There's right. been a game changer this year, and that is that I left my 23-year finance job wow. to actually work for the foundation, which wow. creates other pressures and other stresses. Yeah, but, which, but rewarding. Yeah. Um, Nicole, uh, what's the situation in Gibraltar like right now? The situation right now is bad, and the situation is going to get worse. Why do you think this is? Well, it's going to get worse because of the, you know, the budgeting and um, all the inflation going up and Brexit and uh, any other, any normal, any family out there is going to suffer that financial hardships, whether it be you, be me. Imagine these families. Why are they in this situation? What are the reasons that are causing this? Every family has to be treated individually, so I can't really say they are because of this. So we have to look at them individually, and everyone has a different reason. But what I can tell you is that one of the reasons that they cannot get out of this situation is because we have a very... Uh, we have a benefit system that hasn't been looked at for many, for many, many, many years. In Gibraltar. In Gibraltar. Okay. Um, so what happens? Everything goes up, prices go up, everything costs more, but they remain the same. So it's like basically you live in, you're getting paid a hundred pounds a week, but yep. it's costing you three hundred to live mm. for that week. Mm. Have you put pressure on the right people to see if they can help these families? I am in the process of. Okay. I'm in the process of that. And that was the aim okay. of the charity always, okay. to make sure that th the wrong things that are being done get changed. But fortunately or unfortunately, I've never had time to sit down and do this. Because why? Because I'm dealing with hundreds of families that need my, my care and my attention. So I don't have time to sit in an office 
and say this is what should be changed and this way because it's not it's not easy it's not easy um because i'm too busy doing running around doing other things so but i'm in the process of that and what skills do you have to be able to to do this i mean what kind of a person are you um where you can give up all you know a lot of your time and all this to help these people what what do you need to be able to do something like that to do what I do, first you need to be passionate. Yeah. Super passionate. Passionate is not enough. You need to be hardworking. You need to be you need to put everyone before you. You need to pay you, very you need to pay a very high price for that. Yeah. And I was willing to do that. And I've and I am paying the price of that now, after so many years. But I'm dealing with that. Um and you know, this is, I'm going to tell you something very interesting. A lot of people come to me and I find this very cheesy and I utterly dislike it. And they tell me I have the biggest heart. I'm an angel. I am no angel at all. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not perfect. Um, I do hurt people. I do make mistakes. Um, I'm normal, just like you and I. And some people think that my heart is bigger than yours just because I do this type of work. That is totally wrong. There are millions of people out there, thousands of people in Main Street that have bigger, better hearts than I. But they don't know how to do the job. Having a good heart is not enough to do what I do. So what, what do you need to do it? Well, you need, you, you need to be super, 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 super passionate. Super. You need to believe in the people you're helping. You need to believe in your goals. You need to you need to not put up with injustices. I would not accept any injustice. I would not accept that some people are being treated differently. I would not go home every day and sleep peacefully just because I have it all and my family has it all. No. And this is what I am trying I'm I'm always trying to to send that message across to the people, to the community out there. It is everyone's role to do this, not me. Nicole Jones as the AV Foundation founder. Not you as the one who's giving me money. Not him because he happens to be a CEO of a multi-million. We all have a role to play in Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. Everyone. I don't care if you are the chief minister, if you are Peter, Paul, or you happen to work for a bakery, or you happen to be the CEO of a, the biggest gaming company. We all have a role because we all want to live in a happy and most importantly safe community. And this this is something that I always tell people. We all have a role to play because when you have this kind of problems in your life, when you have so little and others have so much, when you encounter so many problems every single day, not once a week, not once a month, every single day of life, when you come home and you switch that light on and the light doesn't go on because I've cut it, when you open that fridge and there's no food in your fridge, When you want to bath your kids in December in a hot, warm bath and there's no hot water because you don't have a boiler, that creates distress, that creates depression, that creates anger, that creates stress. It creates feelings in you that you never thought you'd have. So what happens? You get a 17-year-old, you get an 18-year-old, you get a 30-year-old that comes home and encounters all of those problems. 
sees that he doesn't have food to feed his kids, see that his mother or she or she sees that his mother sees that his mother has no food to put on the table for the four-year-old brother, and they go out tonight to Ocean Village, angry, super angry. They hate the world. They nobody helps them. They've knocked on everyone's door. Nobody's willing to help them. They 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 face brick walls every single day. Backlashes every single day. Every single day they go out there. They are they are aggressive, and then they end up committing and doing things that we then judge and we then look back and say, "Wow, how did that seventeen-year-old do that? Wow, what he beat up somebody, or he stole." Or she, I don't want to say it's a he. Yeah. It can be a she. Yeah. Oh, they committed this horrendous thing. But we don't know where people are coming from. We don't know what people are facing at home. We don't know the struggles people are going through to, to end up doing that. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I would never, ever justify anyone committing a crime or being aggressive. Mm. Never. But I am very keen on having my children when they go out on a Friday or Saturday night that they are protected, that they don't face monsters. And society creates monsters. Are there many monsters at the moment? Of course there are. There are, mon- there are many monsters that decide to be monsters because they're naturally a monster. But that is within the rich community too. It's got nothing yeah, to do yeah, with poverty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is we are creating, society is creating monsters because we are not there for this kind of groups of people. We are not there. And then we expect them to be educated, to be fine, to to not have any sort of stress, to mm. to live a normal life like we would. Of course, they're not going to live no. a normal life. How no, are you going not. to? How when you come out of your house every day, you come out happy, cheerful, talking to everyone. Why? Because you've got a great life. You just had a nice lunch at home with your kids. Your kids are off to uni. They're healthy. How would you leave that door today if you were to find out they're going to cut your water today? You don't have food for yeah. your kids. You don't have clothes. You wouldn't smile to anyone in Main Street. Yeah. How do you decide where the money goes to? I mean, when people donate to your charity, how do you decide what to give who and and which person or yeah. family Basically, deserves I, it better? I do a lot of research into the people I help. I help individuals and I help families. So I do a lot of research. We do financial and social assessments. By financial assessments, you know, the typical skim your statement, if they're lucky enough to have a bank account, because most of them don't. Because again... They won't open a bank account for them. So you see, these are the kind of things that the struggles that they face. So you want them to be like me, but you're not going to help them be like you. So basically it's like, it's like crossing the river and you, you cross the river in a boat and they've got to cross it swimming. Are they going to survive? No, you will. They won't. So that is exactly more or less the same example of what they're having to face in society in their lives every single day. And what I do is I socially and financially assess them. And you do that yourself? I do that myself. Um, Yeah, I do that myself. And what I do is I get to know the people I help. And by getting to know the people you help, by by chatting to them for many, many, many long hours, some have spoken to them for years and years and years and years. Some people that I help, I love. Some others I like and some others I super dislike. And I don't have an issue with that. And they know I don't like them, but I don't have to like when I help. But you're still helping them. I'm still helping them. But I have a very... My... I have something very clear. 
whoever gets our money, I will have I have to make sure that it's going to the right person. Yeah. I am very clear on that. So if I were to know that somebody's going to spend the money on drugs or on alcohol or on the on a takeaway tonight, um I would not obviously I would not do it. If they have done it in the past, I I know who to give my money to. And yes, there are times when I've looked back and I thought, "Oops, I shouldn't have done that." Or, "Oops, I'm not going to do that again." But this is what I'm here for. I'm learning yeah. every single day I learn something and every single day I wake up and say, "I'm not going to do what I did yesterday." And that's and by by getting to know people is you get them to know them personally and their struggles in life. It's how you end up knowing what you can do to help them. Because money isn't the issue. I'm not going to give them money. I've never given them money, so I'm not going to give them money. They know they're not going to get any money from me. But our charity's goal is about not being a provider, but being an educator. And by being an educator, I mean that we educate individuals and families that we help to change things about them they have been doing since they've been born. Things about them they've been taught that are wrong. Things about them that they've seen from their parents, from their grandparents. Things about them that in school they haven't taught them. Things about them that nobody's ever sat with them and said, "Hey, have you realized you're doing this wrong?" Or, "Hey, have you realized that if you did if you were to do this and not that, you would gain much more?" Nobody bothers, nobody cares. Nobody has ever bothered to sit with them. People are people are very adamant and they'll spend a lot of time being judgmental and judging what they do wrong. But they're not willing to spend that time and say, you know what, I want to sit down with you and I'm going to show you a way that you can do this better. And do they do that? That's what I. That's what the foundation yeah, does. But, but do they yeah, sit yeah. down and listen to of you and, and and make an effort and of see? Course. Okay. How do you how do you stop people like taking the Mickey out of you? How do you stop people abusando? They'll see that what you're trying to do. Because I'm sure there are people by, like in well by pissing a lot of people off. And by being truth to them, being true to them, I tell them straight in the face, I'm not going to give you a penny because I, I know what you do. I'm not going to give you a penny. I tell you something, Michelle, and for me, this is super important. I'd rather be popular for the wrong reasons than popular. I'd rather be popular for the right wrong, reasons for the right reasons than, than the for the wrong ones. ones because I don't want people going around saying, Nicole will give it to you because Nicole te lo da todo. I'd rather people go around saying, you've got to be careful with Nicole. She won't give it to everyone. And that's how you gain respect. That is why the foundation has ended up where it's ended up. That is why people have so much respect for they it. They do. They do. And I, 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 and you see it. And I see it. Yeah, I see because it. Because I did with a lot of people. People come up to me and tell me, have you dealt with Tali Tal? And I'm like, no, she wouldn't even dare get near me. She wouldn't even dare yeah. get near me. Why does she go to other people? Because she knows she's done it for too long and they are not going to question. They're not going to do any research. Or they are followed by other beliefs like religious, spiritual, or some people are just softer. I am not soft. I believe in tough love. Yeah. It's the best It's kind the best. of love. And that's what I do with people. And if, for example, if I'm going to, I'm going to give you an example. If I say to someone, I'm going to pay your passport today and I'm going to pay your ID I'm going to do that for you because obviously they deserve to for whatever reason. You're going to go down to the passport office. You're going to go for that form. You're going to go and take those photographs yourself. You are going to do the work. I'll pay for you, but you're going to do all the work. And that's what I do. I make people work. If I see that people don't want... You, people, you, get, the, you get the vibe when you... Immediately. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. moment you... Listen, you tell somebody, hey, I've got food for you. Oh, really? Oh, thank you. you mira, un typical 
scenario. I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I don't have any food. This is an everyday. My kids don't every have anything. Every day they call you telling you that. No, every day they don't call me, but rarely call me because I don't get my number. But I have many forms of getting in contact with me, like WhatsApp. But every day I get messages of people telling me their desperate needs. And desperate get to the point where I think, oh, they're going to kill themselves. Mañana, see, we don't help them. So I put them on the spot. I test people. I, I say, okay, we've got some food for you. Um, I will see you at two o'clock. Por this un sitio outside uh, here. I am sorry, but oh, I couldn't. I couldn't attend because, oh, so that's your level of desperation. Que you couldn't attend. So you get to know how people are when you put them on the spot. If you take the food to the houses, you're not testing them. You don't know. And that's what I do ultimately. Always. I always tell. I've just spoken to one of my helpers who happens to be one of my moms because that's what I do. I give, I give jobs to the people that I help. And they help the foundation. Wow. Yeah, that's what we do all the time. All the time. So I've so, had, oh, so that's I've my had this question. morning, yeah, I've had this morning, one of the moms in my store, all morning, sorting out things for like five or six families. She'll get paid for it. Of course she deserves to get paid for it. And that's my aim. What's the point of me not paying for this? Then they're still going to be hungry at the end of the week. The point is give them jobs so that they feel useful. They feel worth, yeah. worthful. Yeah. They have a purpose. Yeah. They're, they're getting something in return, which is what they want. Because 90s, 9% of the people that I work with are humble and they don't want to abuse. They want to work. They're just not given the opportunity. Yeah. Or for whatever reason, because they have too many children, or for whatever reason, they cannot work. But given the opportunity, they will. And that's what we do. We give them, we open the doors for them. We give them the keys. Now you do the, with the, I always tell them, now you do with the keys whatever you want. Some throw it in the bin. Rarely, but some have thrown it in the bin. And others open castles. Incredible. Incredible. It's like that. But you need to put people on the spot. We need to stop being, I always say, we need to stop being so charitable. Just because, just because we're given, it doesn't make us better. We need to give correctly. Mm. We need we need to work correctly. We mm. need to educate this kind of people. We don't. There's no good giving them food because two weeks later they'll be hungry again. We need to teach them so that they don't need food from us. So you have like a strict policy. I do, I do, I do. My my policy is that that I do a lot of research. I find I ask a lot of questions, mm. a lot. And I talk to a lot of people who know them. I talk to different charities. I, I'm in communication with many charities. That is super important. And I'm always telling the other charities out there, we need to do this. We need to be in communication. We're not a competition. We're not here. You're not better than I am and I'm not better than you are. We're all here for a name. We're all here to help people, vulnerable people. I could help in a better way. You could do this in other... We all have different ways. And maybe I wouldn't do what they do, but maybe they wouldn't do what I do. But we're all yeah. good in what we do. And we are, and most importantly, we all try our best with the best intentions. Who helps you? Who, Who helps, helps me you as in what? Run this charity? Who helps you administer money, food? Who helps you? Who helps you? As in, do you well, have a team of people that work this is something with you? That, this, is something, this is something that people <clears throat> don't know. Well, not a lot of people know. I'm alone in this charity. So, but let me explain that. Yeah. So I am the CEO. I am the one that organizes fundraising events. I am the one that 
goes to the meetings. I am the one that looks for the money. I am the one that spends the money. I'm the one that does HR within the people I, that work for me. <laughs> I've actually just employed someone now. I'll explain that. I'm the one that does the finances. I'm the one that I do. I do everything. But out of choice. I have a hard time delegating. I'm in the process, in a personal process. <laughs> yes. Of, yeah, I'm taking Because baby you... steps. Okay. I'm doing that. That is something very personal to me. Okay. It comes from, it comes from very way back. I have a very strong group of friends and family that are there at my beck and call, which means if I have a fundraising event tomorrow, tomorrow, an all-day fundraising event, I just go to my WhatsApp group and I say, hey, guys, tomorrow I need 10 of you at 9 a.m. I'll have 20 of them. That's what I have. But I don't have no one that is there that works for with me. You. With you. me. So it's really difficult. And that is... This is what the aim of the charity is. We want to end up like Clubhouse. We want to end up like Cancer Relief. They started off like me, one person. Clubhouse, Emily and Mary, she started yes, this alone. And look at her now, she's happily retired and she's got other people running it. That's my dream. I don't intend to do this for the next, for more than, I don't know, I'm 43 now, so let's hope no more than 65 at least. At least, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I've survived it. Eh? But at this rate, let's see if, I'm, if I can survive this. Yeah. So, pero... So my my intention right. is that people can that I have um, somebody to manage the 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 foundation with me, so I can I need a manager. Yeah. So that I, I can focus on the bigger pictures because in other companies you don't get the owner, the director, selling at the shop. You don't get him being a messenger. You don't get him being a receptionist. I do all of that now, but I need funding for that. Yeah. How do I employ people? By people would I need investors to invest money? Do you have investors? At the moment, I I only have investors. At the moment, I only have one, and that that is that was that is for me personally. Okay, when I so mean, you're, you're, I need to I need to clear this. Yes. When I decided that I was going to work for the foundation, I was very clear, and this is something that needs to, to I it's very important that it goes out there. I was very clear that I would never ever touch a penny from my donations for me, never. Never. Donations are for families and for needs. So I'm in a situation now where I need to look for donations. I need to look for my wages. Of course, because you need to live. Exactly. I have yes, a mortgage, I'm, whatever. Exactly. I have mortgages. Yes, I have a kid children, in uni. I, yes. I have a life. Yes. I'm not going to... Actually, I left a very good job. Yes. <laughs> I had health care. I had stability. I had flexibility. I was 23 years there, so I was part of the furniture. I literally could have done whatever I wanted to and I've complicated my life in such a way, but my choice, no one else's. So now I'm in a situation where I need to look for two different things. Um, investors for me and donations for the people I help. If at the moment I had one investor through a friend of mine, luckily he found an investor to give me like a few months wages. Um, As I speak... You don't have any wages. I have like maybe three months worth of wages. Right. And this is this is the risk I took. And I knew it. I knew it. I, to be fair, I thought it was... And it's fault of mine because I don't have time. To look for investors. Had it been for someone else, I would have looked for it. But as it's for me, 
I don't have time. But I'm in the process. I've already got myself a very professional sponsorship document, which I've actually paid for. It's amazing. And in that professional document, you can see everything we spent from 2020, just to give you an approximate amount so that you know, everything we do, and it explains thoroughly who we are and what we do. And that document is for investors to read and say, wow, because at the end of the day, Michelle, whoever invests in me is not getting anything in return. <clears throat> so it's going to be somebody that willingly is going to put money into me because he cares not about me, about the community he lives in, because he cares about those families that we help, because he believes in my product. My product are the families, the people I help. So... But, and you might wonder, some people tell me who, I actually question myself and I used to say to myself, who, who on earth is going to come to me and say, Toma Nicole, I'm going to give you five grand, I'm going to give you 10, or I'm going to give you 20 for you. And nobody gives anything for nothing. No. But how do other charities survive? How do they? The same. The same. The same way they survive. There are a lot of people, we know it in Gibraltar, who are financially in a very, very good state. You know, for tax purposes, it helps too that you actually give to charity. Yeah. So there's an element of that yeah, for yeah, companies, yeah, yeah. which is fair enough, which is great. And there are truly people out there who are rich. Yeah, there are. And care. And here there's a lot. And care. Yeah. Then there are others who, who don't. are rich and who don't want to give don't. you a penny. Pero bueno, eso lo hay en tu parte. Pero, so, really and truly, that is in the process I'm going now. I am now going to start sending the sponsorship documents. Yeah. So if anyone's out there listening, they want we, one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Listen and up. they can they see for themselves. And it's not about me explaining to them verbally and they liking what they see because I'm explaining it to them. No, it's there. It's a fact. It's written. We have spent blah, blah in washing machines. We have spent blah, blah in food. We have done this. So, and it's, you can check all our schemes, everything we have, all the opportunities we are given. Because again, I, I need to go back to this. We are not providers. We do provide, but we don't want to be called providers because providing is not enough. We are educators. We want to change people's views exactly. and how people live. Yeah. Um, what, in your opinion, needs to be done here? And how can we as a community help you? The community can help me by changing the way they think and by not being so judgmental, right? Um, I have come a very long way and I have to admit that at the beginning, I used to have these conversations with many people and they would turn around and tell me, and he progresa. They would actually get offended that I was daring to go out there and helping poor people. It's okay, in Gibraltar, there's no poor people. That's, they would get offended. And nowadays, I can tell you, I never get those kind of remarks. In fact, all I get is people backing me up, people admitting that there is a problem in Gibraltar, people accepting that there is a problem, and people knowing that the majority of, ha of us in Gibraltar have an amazing life, and then there's a minority who don't. Yeah. And that is good, because for me, I always say, when money is as important as awareness, there's no use somebody giving me a hundred grand and not believing in what I do or not believing in the families I help. I'd rather they believe in what I do and give me five. So for me, that is super important that the community is backing me up. And mm -hmm. by backing me up, I don't mean they're 
paying Ma- me money, money, giving me money. They are just yeah. saying, you know what? I agree yeah. with you. And you know what, Nicole? I agree nobody should be living under those conditions. That for me is enough. And I think we have managed to do that, clearly, because if not, we wouldn't have the backup we have. If not, we wouldn't have so much support out there. And then, then we need the other side of the community to donate because everything that I do costs money. Yeah. Without money, no matter how big our heart is, no matter how big our intention is and our passion, we cannot do anything. We need money. Mm. We need money what? to sustain the charity. Mm. And we need money to be able to help the people that we help. What needs to change apart from people's views? What else the do you system. think needs to change? The system. The system needs to change. People in higher power need to sit down and say, we accept and we realize there is something wrong. We are sorry. We are sorry we've left it so long. Let's do something about it. That's it. Okay. There is, it's not about... It's not about fighting. It's not about throwing it, uh, throwing it in, in, in each other's face. It's not, it's not about me being against them or them being against me. I'm not here to fight with anyone. I, I do that a lot every single day. Believe me, I don't... You know what I mean? I'm here to work yeah. with them. What is a typical day in your life like? A typical day in my life? You've asked me in a very bad... <laughs> day. In, no, not day. In a very bad... Past... Yeah, I can't get anyway. But a very typical day in my life is wake up at before 7 a.m. The first thing I do is pick up the phone. The first thing I pick up is pick up the phone. The last thing I do... Pick up the phone to call people or no, because someone's to, calling you? No, no, no. So you look up, at your WhatsApps? Yeah. The first thing I do is get my... Put on my, my phone. Because that's how people contact you via WhatsApp. My, my, the people contact me through WhatsApp, through telephone calls, through email through two messengers, because there's two, there's one Nicole Jones and there's one the Evie Foundation. And then I get, apart from the people, those are the people. Then I get the, the, the schools. Then I get... Really? Social services. Then I get everyone else. Then I get the companies who want to... I get... I deal with people that need help and I deal with people that want to help every single day of my life. So I'm running around meetings every single day. I have approximately three meetings a day. And it can be with a vulnerable person it can be with the person, that rich person who's going to donate lots to me, or it can be about convincing someone, or it can be with somebody who's got to change something to in order to help the families. That's my a day. A day in my life is that is I can show you my diary is having three meetings a day, running around with my heart pumping at, addicted to adrenaline. And coffee? No, I don't drink coffee. Thank the Lord, I would have had a heart attack by now. I drink tea, but. I am going through a personal... Mm. Yeah. I've changed a lot of things about me. Yeah. The way I used to work because it wasn't doing me any favours physically and mentally. And I've accepted that I have stress. Mm-hmm. And I've accepted that I'm paying a very high price for what I'm doing, for what I love. But by accepting it, I am having to make changes. Mm-hmm. And I am making them. And the changes will only benefit me. The moment it benefits me, it will only benefit the people I help even greater. Because clearly, a charity and the the size of the charity that we have is just like running a business. Exactly. It's exactly like running a business. And you can't have one person running a business with 100, 200, 300, thousands of clients. You cannot. I used to think I could, and I've done it. I've done it since 2010. But from two years back, I've realized, hey... 
It's true. I have stress. I am stressed. How I do can't you, do this. How do you deal with your stress? What do you do to get to try and chill out? I, you know, my only the only thing I do to chill out is try if I can have a nap every day in the afternoons, every single day if I can. If I'm at home and I can afford to do it, I will. And you know, I want, uh, I've been doing this for a few years now. My body just. At one point in the day, if I'm home, it just shuts down completely and I cannot do anything. I cannot focus, I cannot think, I cannot read, I cannot talk. And I say, I need to I need to sleep, I need to sleep, I need to close my eyes. And sometimes I'm not even sleepy and I think I'm forcing, I actually go into bed and I'll force myself to sleep and I fall asleep. And what does, it gives me more energy. I need that, I need that boost. And you know, many years ago, I used to feel shame in doing this i used to sometimes i used to have a nap sometimes it was 15 minutes sometimes it was half an hour sometimes it was an hour and i would be embarrassed to tell people that i had a nap because i would think people are going to think oh my god she's so lazy she's sleeping seriously she should be cleaning or she should be doing this she should be with her children or she should be doing... so there was almost an shame that i created myself eh? because i'm my worst enemy in sleeping, in having this nap, it's famous naps that I have in but the afternoon. Why do people judge you because you have a nap? No, 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 no. People don't judge me. It was me judging myself. Right. It was me judging myself. So I had this sort of shame. So I, sometimes I would, I wouldn't admit that I had a nap. Vale. So maybe I got a call from a friend. Get, get What are you doing? No, no. Yes. And I just woken up, and I, I wouldn't dare maybe admit because I would think as a person I would feel like less useful or less powerful or lazy, which or something which yeah, weak exactly. And you know, a friend of mine told me like four months ago, she sat down for me and she said, and I said, you know, there are times that comes a day in, that comes a time in the day when I, I need to just switch off and I need to sleep because I've tried everything, Michelle. People tell me, you need to switch off. You need to try and read. You need to try and watch. You need to, I can't do anything because when I watch a film, which I rarely do, all I'm thinking is about that washing machine that I've got to buy tomorrow. When I'm cooking and I'm cutting my onions, all I'm thinking about is that I've got to answer that email, that ten e those 10 emails that have come through. When I'm walking, which I rarely walk, because I don't do anything for me physical, but when I'm walking with my friends, I'm like, let's go for it. I'm talking, but I'm thinking, oh, I've got to reply to this, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. So there's nothing, there's not a time. And my friend, this friend came to me and she said to me, Nick, the fact that you, every single day of your, every, well, not every single day, but the fact that you consciously decide and make a choice to go into that bed and you switch off that phone because I switch off the phone purposely because I don't want anyone calling me. And then I switch it on, obviously, after I wake up. She says, that is amazing because that is something that you're doing for you? you. And yeah, I lost all the shame there. And then I thought, mm. wow, because Jeez. I've been, I've had therapists, people, professionals tell me for years, you need to do something for yourself. You need to stop. And I'm, I don't do anything. And then I thought, well done. And I applaud myself and I thought, well done. Which means what I'm doing every single, when I'm doing every time I want to have a nap, say in the afternoon or say twice, say three, um, three times in a week or say every day, I decide right that I am thinking about myself. It's not about laziness. It's not about, oh, I want to sleep. It's about, I'm going to do something for Nicole Jones. What gives you the most reward? The most reward is seeing how people succeed by giving them so little because that's all they need. 
People don't need a five-bedroom house. People don't need gold. They don't need to win the lottery. They don't need luxuries. They don't need holidays. Or they could do with all of that, of course, but they don't need it to live and to breathe. They just need a little bit of a lifeline. Just a little bit. Some need more than others. Some need help once. Some need help eight times in a year. Some need help every single day of their lives. The point is that you need to treat people as individuals and never let go of them. Because the moment you let go of them, they're going to face a society who's not going to be there for them. And that's what you've got to do all the time. That is what my job entails. I can't, I can't fight for someone to get a two, let's say a three bedroom house and then say, hey, there you go, you've got the key. And they go into the house and it's empty and they don't have a sofa, they don't have a bed, they don't have a fridge, they don't have an oven. You need to make sure you give them the house and then you're gonna tell them, hey, you've got the house, congratulations. It's bare, it's empty, do not panic. We will help you because it's no use. It's like giving someone a car and not giving them petrol. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> that's almost explains what the life is like. You're gonna say, hey, listen, I achieved this for you, but don't worry, I'll be here for whatever you need. Whenever you encounter this problems, I'll be your advocate. I'll call whoever I need to call. I'll do. I'll fight your battles. And you do it all. I do it. Of course, I do. I fight battles very well, <laughs> and I'm very, and yeah, and I'm fine with that. And what's, yeah, what's your greatest achievement? Creating the EB Foundation. And where are you going next with it? What do you want now, from now on, apart from um, in investors and donations? Well, do you want people to help you? Do I you want, want people to. I I need. I need to come up with a good system where I can, the foundation, I can have people working for me so that I can focus on the bigger picture and get others to focus on other little things. You know like, what I mean? I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be organizing um, man and vans. I shouldn't be sending payments of 20 pounds to companies. I shouldn't be doing none of that. I shouldn't be going to a, to a place or shop for people or go to my store and look for clothes. I shouldn't be telling my moms or whoever works for me, go to the store and find me a, like all day. I've been all morning speaking to one of my moms. All morning we've been organizing this because we had like five or six families in need. And I've been all morning, get this. No, now five to six. No, but make sure it's 11 to 12. No, but make sure it's blue. No, it's a male. No, it's a female. I should have someone doing that for me. Yeah. Um, and I tell you, I mean, I've, like I said, I wanted to make, I've, I've just employed a handyman for the EV Foundation. It's the first um, um, employee that's, um, employer that we, well, no, employee, employee that we have yeah, yeah, employee yeah. that um, I'm super proud to say it. And um, he's my handyman. So he's an all-rounder. He does everything. And that's what we needed. I needed someone that I can, I didn't have that manpower. I had lots of families who come to me and tell me, Nick, um, my TV doesn't switch on and I've got to pay people to go and fix that yes. TV. So now I have this person working for me yes. who does all of that. Yes. And, um, but he, now I need to, f but he's getting paid by the, through the scheme, obviously. So, okay. Uh, yeah. But in a year's time, I have to start looking now for wages for him. So yes. it's not only for me, for him. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but I need to employ someone under me Someone who can manage the EV and I can be focused on the bigger pictures. I need to focus on investors. Yes. I need to focus, the, I need to make sure that the EV lasts forever. And I cannot do that right now because 
You don't have in the fact, time. In fact, I'm I'm actually questioning. I've questioned lately a lot. Shall I just stop this? You co- you can't stop it. But I've actually too many people rely on you now. Yeah, but. And you're their lifeline. You're talking about a lifeline. They, you are their lifeline. Exactly. And they have nothing else. And that is why it's I It's huge need... pressure, Nicole. It's huge pressure for you. And I mean, I don't know very much, but oof, you need to look after you. I'm in that process you're very now. very important. I, I'm, I'm in that process now. And um, I never accepted that I because I've, I've never thought of that. I always thought, nah, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm a machine. Yeah, I am a machine. Not, I've treated my, my body like a machine. I, I've told myself, you can do anything, Nick. You can wake up at six. You can wake up at five in the morning. My family and friends can tell you that. I'll wake up at five and cook for my family. Because I have a day, a horrendous day ahead. Why should I be doing that? Why can't I wake up at eight, at nine? Why can't I do normal things? Why can't I enjoy holidays? Why can't I be home, homesick and not answer a phone call? I'm actually valuing that now. I never used to. I never used to think that was important. I used to do. I used to be on holiday, and I used to. I'm. I'm not going to be a bit of a hypocrite, but whenever I'm on holiday, if it's a Monday to Friday, I work. I don't have annual leave. I. Can, but I've just started this, really, and truly so, because I've just left my job. Not in March when I'm March. Um, but I, that's, what I, that's what I'm aiming to. I want to aim that I can say, hey, I'm off on holiday with my family, and say to my manager, have a good two weeks, and any emergencies, contact me. But if not, you know how to do it all. Mm. I have a right-hand person right now. She happens to be a friend of mine mm-hmm. who is doing some work for me. And for me, it was very important that nobody, if I'm getting paid to do a job, everyone else has to, because I would never get people to volunteer when I myself am getting paid. My, my, my principles are very way up there. So I get a lot of offers of people telling me, I'll do it, I'll do it for free, I'll help you. When the, como se dice, the push comes to shove, the shove. no? Aita? They're uh, not there. No, they're not. People have lives. It's difficult. You And I'm very impatient. So if I need help at six, I need help. If I need help now, I need it now. I mean, I can go, but tomorrow at three. No, Reina, I need it now. So you know what I mean? Because unfortunately, the, the, the work that I do, everything's emergency. Everything's urgent. Yeah. We don't have time. We can't leave a child in December, pure, vamos, en puro invierno, with no hot water. So I need to buy the boiler now. Even if I'm... In England. Yeah. So I have a right-hand person who's now doing a lot of minor works for me. Probably one of the most tedious tasks there are in the foundation, and that is dealing with a man and van at the moment. And she also deals with finding jobs because I have a lot of, again, like I told you, we create lots of opportunities for people in need. Um, I give them a lot of jobs. So, for example, I'm going to give you an example. You know, all those mayor's events that... Um, his worship the mayor has every day well not every day but he has yes the caterers are people in need the they people are who produce the, people, the food the people who, who make the food no the people who serve I know they are people okay. who have come to me in the past for help okay so I give them opportunities to work and not only that and you pay them and yeah we pay them of, of course. course so what happens his worship the mayor gave me that opportunity that he opened that door for me maybe he, other people could do that no no and we have they have served in the governor's house how good is that that is amazing they have served in the university of gibraltar they have served 
in the Sambon Hotel. So what am I doing? What am I? What I'm doing You're is creating... I'm opening windows for them. Yeah. I'm I'm creating opportunities that other people can say. Em, what you got? Ten ladies I can work. I've got a wedding. I've got this. I need help. Just one. But I'll pay them and they'll come. You're creating jobs. You're creating, you're working on the self-esteem, on the confidence. Oh my gosh. You're working on the families. Nicole, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing and we can go on for four hours. I want to ask you another thing. Lastly, who do you look up to? Who gives you inspiration? Who do you look up to? Who? Inspiration? The people I help. Because if I were them, I wouldn't get out of bed. If I lived a day in their shoes, I'm not going to say what I would do, but I I wouldn't be able to cope with it. And the majority of us wouldn't. They, they, they inspire me every single day that they get out of bed, despite their struggles, despite their needs, despite the mental instabilities and... They get out of bed and on the summer, they take every day the children to the to the beach. They go in winter every day to the park. How do you have energy? How do you do it? How do you get out of bed? I wouldn't get out of bed because we do. Sometimes we, I'm not like that, but there are a lot of us who have everything and the minimum that goes wrong in our lives and we don't get out of bed for a week. Oh no, I'm low. They take their children to school every single day because don't get me wrong. Don't confuse poverty or people in need with being bad parents or being bad people. I have a lot of people that I work with that have nothing and they're better parents than I ever was. They inspire me. They inspire me every single day because in their shoes, I wouldn't be half the person they were. They are. Wow. So how can people get in touch with you, Nicole? They can get in touch through email, evfoundation at hotmail.com. They can write to my two messengers. People find me everywhere. There's no excuse not to find me. Um, messenger through the EV Foundation. We have two pages. We have a page in Facebook and a group in Facebook. So they can find me through there. I'm not going to give my WhatsApp no. work number. No. Because <laughs> I want to... The, I've already have thousands of people through there. But if I get to trust a person and think they, they, they should get my number, I'll give it to them. But the first form of contact should be email. And if not, Facebook. They can find us. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. And now you're on my on the sofa with Rouge. And now on the sofa, on the chair with Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> it's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank, Thank you, you very much for coming. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Women Rising, a series of talks where I've chatted to fabulous and inspirational women exclusively about their lives and their losses, their struggles and their successes, and their contribution to this world where they are empowering others and making a huge difference in our community. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a huge thank you also to Beatrice Garcia, who has designed and painted the podcast icon. She's at BeatriceGarcia.com. Should you like to advertise your business on my podcast, please get in touch. And please like and rate the show on your favorite listening platform. And comment also if you can. And should you want to get in touch with me, my email is rougejib at gmail.com.